can you say your famous line from Corky Romano's? You guys want some cookies? Yeah. And possibly teach Larry how to say it. Okay, this is... What do you I say? don't know about that part. Okay. Uh, the line is, you guys want some cookies? <laughs> you guys want some cookies? <laughs> can we cut to you? That was fantastic. <laughs> Welcome back to the new garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. Your favorite podcast. For all things directly related to March 1980. Dan Hans is here with Bob Kestrel. What's up, buddy? You know, Dan, after all this time, you still find new ways to surprise me. <laughs> that just made me so happy. Where did that come from? How long have you been sitting on that gold mine? Just found it. And I have to tell you that uh, Larry King, God rest his soul, mm-hmm. we lost Larry this year. Um, met him once. Uh, he's kinda, he kind of had a meandering uh, public life after he lost his CNN show. So he once he turned 150, right? Uh, they took the CNN show away from him. Not a bad run going to like 147 and a half, <laughs> hosting a show. Like nothing to be ashamed of, Larry. I know. And then, but Larry wasn't ready to hang it up. No, of course not. He also not. got married 40 times, so he had bills to pay and all that. Uh, so Larry started doing like I think like a web show. Yes, a version of whatever his uh, CNN program was, and um, he also would show up at random places. Like he came to NFL network when we had this really strange, uh, one of the many experiments that ne- didn't necessarily pan out at NFL network over the years, which was uh, this NFL now program where everyone sat on a couch and talked about the games as they were happening for eight hours. And I guess the idea was you would go to NFL.com and watch this. Were the, were the Sklar brothers involved? That sounds like something the Sklar brothers the would Sklar immediately... The heavily involved. <laughs> There's no way to do a show like that without the Sklars. Sklar's heavily in the mix, as was Dave Damashek and Ike Taylor, Maurice Jones-Drew, and then the ATN guys would pop in every once in a while. Then they'd have these guests, and you would imagine, what are the guests they're going to get for this program? Larry King uh-huh. was an example. They, the they, fat guy from Friday Night Lights, you would get him. Perfect. The guy from the wheelchair from Friday Night Lights, you oh, would wow. get him. And yeah. uh, probably Chris Kattan if they put in the ask, but nobody did. <laughs> nobody put in the ask? But anyway, so Larry interviewed Chris Kattan in October of 2016, it looks like. Still doing You Guys Want Some Cookies in 2016. I love it. Well, I guess we're still doing it here in 2021, so it's timeless. It yeah. is a timeless classic line from cinema let's just listen to larry's setup again too because larry has no idea what he's talking about a producer is in his ear uh-huh. or gave him a note card hey ask about the cookies thing and watch as deft oh that, a, a broadcaster I, as there is i just remembered i was producing the larry king show in 2016 that's how it all connects <laughs> all right here's larry king uh at the top of his game at age 174. You say your famous line from Corky Romano's. You guys <laughs> Romano's, want some cookies yeah. and possibly teach Larry how to say it. Okay, this is... What do you I say? don't know about that part. Okay. Uh, the line is, you guys want some cookies? guys <laughs> 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 want some cookies? <laughs> Can we cut to your... That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Horatio Sands just got his ass me too I know. Um, well, allegedly. We don't know. I don't know. What the fuck? Who knows what to say anymore with anything? But that happened. That's out there. Right. And it just, again, reminded me how, how first of all, the tenuous nature of life, but all the ways we could lose Chris. Um, I never factored in 
he could get me too but that certainly i guess is in play because they were from the same cast in the same era so just another i don't ever want to lose chris from the open of the show, but there are pitfalls everywhere. I mean, no matter what happens, there's still an 85% chance that we'll start every episode talking about Chris Catan <laughs> for at least four minutes. So he'll, he's okay. He'll live on forever here. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. Yes, today is Jimmy Eat World Day on the Throwback Podcast. Bob had to convince me for about 15 minutes that we haven't done this um, particular album. Yes. Uh, and uh, I take, I'm take i taking his word for it, but he also, this might be an elaborate joke. I don't know if we're recording right now, uh, but Bleed American, the 2001 release by Jimmy Eat World is our album today. And uh, it's one of those 9-11 albums. It is. We've been doing this a long time. So neither of us at this point have any memory of any albums that we've done or haven't done. There's just gaping holes in our in our cerebral cortex when it comes to like what we've covered on this show and jimmy eat world was jimmy eat world was one where we talked about it with matt money smith i think it was on a countdown at some point and it won a patreon poll in may and that's how i know we haven't done it because the the poll was first time long smoking gun it was four artists that we've never covered on the pod dirty pop gorillas jimmy eat world vampire weekend and moby and uh, Jimmy Eat World won the Patreon poll. Is Moby the Chris Kattan of alternative rock? Moby got one vote in the entire thing. Yeah, it was so, Moby. It was Moby. Moby is a Patreone. <laughs> so if you want to vote on things like this, please head over to patreon.com slash throwbackpod. But Dan, mm-hmm. might as well not do it right now. Dirty pop. We have a little bit of an announcement. Okay. Am I announcing it to you too? Because I could have sworn that we talked <laughs> about ears. this. I could have sworn that this is one of those... Discussions that you begrudgingly took part in. I, for a sec, I thought I was just a listener to the show for a minute there. But so, what's next? What's happening? What's talk, the big announcement? Do you like listen to WFAN and you're just talking to your radio? Like, I'm to call in someday. Yeah, uh, I've done that. So, uh, we're taking a break. Oh, we were, we were on a break. Nicely Friends done. Nicely done, Dan. Uh, yeah, we are going to, we're pushing pause on the throwback pod for just a little bit. Well, this is frankly something we should have done a couple of years ago, uh, but I think it's it's both of our schedules are super packed. Mine, mine with the NFL is dense as fuck, and it's getting denser. It's getting to a point where a midseason breakdown is absolutely in play. And I know Bob, you're very you're very busy right now. You're in the desert every day for twelve hours. Yeah, I'm spending twelve hours a day in the desert doing wipeout. I'm- when that's over, I'm going on to another show. And then, fingers crossed, in the spring, I'll be back in Atlanta doing another season of Lego Masters. And the last thing we want to do is be caught with our pants down in the spring again, having to do remote episodes from opposite sides of the country. Never so, again. So we realized the best thing we can do is push pause after this episode for the remainder of 2021 and then come back hot in 2022. Yes, I, I like this. And it, it kind of neatly bookends... Our, our seasons of the show, so we'll, we'll wrap up uh, through September and then um, push pause and then come back in the new year. And I, this is something I'm against, and I'm hugely against this, but we're also going to push pause on our Patronis. Yes. Which I don't feels like an easy moneymaker for us. <laughs> well, it feels like a scam if we're just you know going to keep uh, withdrawing money from their account without giving them anything in return. That just feels like criminal. So for the months of October, November, December, at the very least, 
you will not have anything withdrawn uh, yeah, so from your funding. Feel free to um, unsubscribe if you want to be a dick about it, or just know that come January, we'll be back. And if you want to be there too, uh, we could just pick up where we left off. Because when we do end this pod, we're not going to end, no offense to Jimmy Eat World, we're not going to end with a Jimmy Eat World album. <laughs> That's not going to be our last album. So you know for a fact we are going to come back. This is our way of saying we will be back. Yes. And that I feel like if you're in Jimmy Eat World, Jimmy would be very offended by that. I know. But I didn't okay. mean to be offensive. I hope he's not listening. And you know what I want to do? We haven't talked about this at all. I think we come back in December for our year-end wrap-up episode. Just one one little one-off in December, because I like doing those. I like doing those little... I uh, do, too. It did cross my to. mind. Uh, I didn't expect it to. But let's uh, let's see what what happens. <laughs> Non-committal. I don't do anything for free. Non-committal. Maybe January. <laughs> we crank up those accounts again. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Single focus. Hey, by the way, so that's what's happening, and we have a deep cast catalog of um albums of course at this point and countdowns that that last days really so if you're not caught up on the show this would be a good time to do it and that's that um hey remember a cup like last month bob you you know we've talked about i have some interesting thoughts on the afterlife as of you know yeah i mean and the, some theories i'd say the number one thought is that you just kind of keep living when you're dead which is a really <laughs> hard, tough thing to wrap your brain around yes i there is a fear that you go in the box and then you, your internal monologue still in the box. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we did come up with the idea of, uh, or I came up with the idea of, I, I want a, um, what we deemed a celebration of life playlist. And then if we could just take those Bose speakers, the mm-hmm. micro link speakers, wire them into the coffin. Right. Um, then the, I could the be eternal, listening to my favorite songs. Right. The eternal Bose. Eternal Bose. Yeah. Yeah. Did you make the playlist? I did. I made the playlist. You did. You I made did. the playlist. I did. Um, so I don't know if you want me to play anything, or do you? Or I could just we could just point people to it. I think. I mean, that feels like its own episode. But then again, I don't know. I don't know how you'd feel about that. Let me just a couple choice cuts. Okay. okay. How about this? This would be nice to be playing in your coffin. Yes, I understand that every life must end. Uh-huh. The best Pearl Jam song of the 2000s. Just breathe. I mean, bold statement, but you're probably not wrong. I love this song. Love that one. How about love that one? How about this one, Bob? And again, there's a, there's a, there's a theme at play here. I'm going to be in the fucking box. You're just stuck there forever. Right. Time to move on. Oh yeah, that's good. One. Tom Petty. We did the Wildflowers album uh-huh. with Nikki. Yeah. What else I got in there? That just says it. Yeah, yeah, please. It's time to move on. It's time to get going. What lies ahead? I have no way. And it's good, too, because that's kind of also urging you to just move on to the afterlife and get out of that little box. It's not my choice, though. I'm stuck in the fucking box. And then I'll throw (laughs) one one more out there just so... And I did add, as we discussed, Sing by Travis is on there. Of course. I put Yellow by Coldplay on there, a big romantic song, A Sort of Homecoming uh, by U2, as I discussed. I also have this song. A lot of people are going to be caught off guard. Claire de Lune's on there. Wait, what? I'm in the fucking box. Claire de Lune's on (laughs) Well, you say a lot of people are going to be caught off guard. There's nobody in there but you, I don't think. 
No, I mean people that are people right like, now. Yeah, okay. like whoa, whoa. Claude Debossy? I mean, there's no reason to judge you. You're fucking dead and you're worm food right now. So, like, why would we even care? Now, some people might want to know my thoughts on, well, if you're afraid of being stuck in the box, why don't you get cremated? Of course. Logical question. Doesn't solve everything. What happens? You're in the urn. But you're ashes. But you're still you. Ashes to ashes, Bob. Dust to dust. Okay, so you're you in an urn. Even worse. Smaller. Very Austin Powers. Can't even get a bose in there. It's very Austin Yeah, just a little bows, like a headbutt. All right, spread the urn. Put an airbutt in there. <laughs> <laughs> spread the urn, spread the ashes over the ocean. Oh, Dan loved the Pacific. Did he? Fucking no, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, if you get like uh, thrown into the ocean and then different organisms eat you, all of a sudden is some type of other issue dealing with. Maybe it's like your body's all over the universe at that point. What were they teaching you at St. Margaret's <laughs> in Pearl River, New York? Just listen to uh, Claire Luna from Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I like that that's the reference point. Um, where would you want your ashes to be dispersed? You had to pick one place. Oh, uh, you know what? I've never thought of it. That's not something I'm planning on. I wanted to be filled up with the uh, the death juice and put in a coffin, put on display so you would have to look at me. Okay. And pretend to, that it looks good. Oh, you want that? Like yeah. open casket? Okay. Open. I don't want it, but it is a, a, a traditional Catholic thing. Of course, yeah. Um, I haven't thought about it. What about you? Probably in... Um, Isn't it a more profound conversation when Claude Duke It kind of it is, yeah. Probably in um, Heather's next marital bed <laughs> on top of her second husband. Just dump it on him. Burst in there and just dump me on him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's what you want me to do? Yeah, that's your job. <laughs> and then like as I'm dumping him, like, whoa, this guy's in great shape for 35. <laughs> she really rebounded nicely. <laughs> like Heather's second husband is going to be like one of those guys that plays soccer a lot still. And oh, he's yeah. In leagues and his, his calves and his... um. His thighs. I think like a like a like a Dermot Mulrooney type. Yes. Don't let her know that that's what she can have. Oh, so quickly, so easily. Like this is what a what a relatively hairless body feels like. (laughs) Anyway, so the the dance celebration of life playlist is available on Spotify. Um, Thirteen songs to live for and die to. (laughs) It's <laughs> a great subhead. <laughs> Bob made me do this. I'm going to, uh, I'll make one too, though. Now that I kind of get it. I mean, I, can't, I don't know if I could hold on to the same belief system that you're <laughs> kind of basing this in. So I might be a little, a little far off, but I'll, I'll give it a go. I'm trying to think why the idea of the different organisms eating my ashes. I feel like that would cause some type of soul havoc. And mm. you would just live in this like um, this private hell where you're just like being zipped into all these different animals bodies within the sea. Yeah. And it's like getting ripped apart every time you change. <clears throat> okay. Okay. I mean, I feel like we can get more into this as we go through this album because we are going to be talking about 2001. I'm sure we're going to get morbid. So <laughs> let's just keep going. That tends to happen. So this album, Bleed American, came out on Dirty J- Pop. July 24th, 2001, the same month that The Office premiered on the BBC. Mm. Where do you come down on the UK office? Love it. Great. Yeah. It's awesome. great. Felt like there was a lot of pressure to watch it when everybody was getting into it back in the day. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't something I resisted. It was like, oh, I got to get around to doing that. And I had to like borrow DVDs from a guy named Raphael that I worked with. And I was like, okay, I get it. This is really cool. 
it, it succeeded in yeah. spite of those expectations. I exactly. Think you put yeah. it very well that way. Like, I think uh, it is. I'm just put it this way. I think the American Office is one of the great sitcoms as well, and I'm really happy that they very quickly realized let's not try to ape or redo that show yep. because you weren't going to be able to hit it. And in fact, like Ricky Gervais has such like a perfect asshole energy to him mm-hmm. that trying to get Steve Carell to be that guy was never going to work. No, so kind of, they were smart, very smart to pivot and, and let us, uh, and let um, him find his own path with that role. Also that month, uh, sad day for Dan when Drew Barrymore married Tom Green. Yeah, that was a weird one. How did you cope with that? I mean, I had a hard time when Sarah Michelle Geller married Freddie Prince Jr., but at the same time, you understood it because, right. you know, it's Freddie Prince Jr. You had to deal with the love of your life marrying Tom Green. Well, this was, yeah, 2001. So this was when I was living in Boston in Northeastern, and I, I literally had a, a like a photo, a glossy photo of Drew Barrymore in my dorm room. Like, she was my number one. Uh, my number one. This fucking mic is giving me problems again. We should take a break. We should take a three-month break based on this microphone problem. Bullshit. Um, So when it happened, I remember it being, like, strange. But then MTV did a documentary because it was, you know, at the time of the Tom Green show, and he had the ball cancer. Yeah, and we loved – I mean, I said it was, like, you know, kind of compared him unfavorably to Freddie Prinze Jr. We loved Tom Green. He was the coolest. (laughs) He was. I don't know if he was cool. Well, he was hilarious. He was really funny. Uh, like everybody else did back then. Um, and it just seemed a bit of like a, a pity marriage. Like, oh, you know, sad that you have cancer in your balls. Right. Uh, so she seemed just loopy enough to do something like that. And I think she did that. And yeah. then very quickly she realized, oh, wait, does this mean I have to like be casual in acquaintance acquaintances with Glenn Humpling for the rest of my life? <laughs> I'm not fucking doing that. That and guy that sucks. Guy in the window, just kind of like laughing at all of Tom's jokes. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the guy in the window. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was disappointing, but also kind of on brand with her unpredictable ways. It was. And uh, so sad, sad month for you. Good month for me, because one of my early crushes, Meg Ryan, got divorced from Dennis Quaid. Right. That she fucked up her face. I know. I loved uh, Sleepless in Seattle, Meg Ryan, Joe versus the Volcano, Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was one of the it, I think there's a lot. There's a whole um, touch point of. um men who kind of fell in love with her as the girl next door. And then when she got that stuff done to her yeah. face, it was like, whoa, not you. No, yeah, that was awful. It would be like if Jenna Fisher, since we were just talking about The Office, showed up for season six and all of a sudden she looked like the cat lady. Yes. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, what Your whole thing Why? Why? was that you were approachable looking but hot. Yep. Tough sitch. Tough sitch. A lot of great movies came out in, in uh, July 01, including Legally Blonde, The Score, uh, America's Sweetheart, not a great movie, but I put it on the list. Mm-hmm. Ghost World, Wet Hot American Summer, one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie Bully, which falls under my favorite genre of movie, which is bored teenagers decide to kill somebody. That's like <laughs> one of my favorite genres. Or accidentally kill somebody. Or accidentally yeah. kill somebody. Like anytime a bunch of bored teenagers kill somebody, yeah. I'm all into that movie. Yes. Yeah. There's a moral reckoning that takes place. There's some people turning on others. Yo, what did we do? Right. What did like we that's... do? You ruined everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. This I'm was in. your fault. <laughs> I'm in from that moment on. I like time travel and accidental murders by bored teenagers. Wait a second, but Bob, you are a writer. Why not make a movie about time travel? 
Oh, wait. Teens accidentally kill a motherfucker, uh-huh. travel back in time to undo the killing, kill somebody else. What? That, now I know what I'm going to be working on for the next few months. When I come back in January, <laughs> I will have a completed screenplay all about this. I would watch that movie. Yeah. Me. What if like their time travel car lands on somebody <laughs> and kills them? So they, ha- oh, okay. <laughs> they have to go further back and they just keep on killing people accidentally. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, basically they turn into, and maybe this is the name of the movie, uh, time traveling serial killers. <laughs> Good name. Good name. Feels like a very money plane kind of title where we kind of know the quality of the movie right off the bat. Right. You're giving that away a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, we were talking about Tom Green in Canada. Let's go back to Canada for the number one song. Dirty Pop. When dirty Jimmy pop. Eat World's Bleed America came out. And that's why Dan has been yelling Dirty Pop for the last 20 minutes. Because it was the number dirty one song pop. in Canada. In sync's pop. pop. Dirty Pop. Dirty Pop. Sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about What's the deal with this pop life and when is it gonna fade out The thing you got to realize what we're doing is not a trend We got the gift of melody, we're gonna bring it till the end Come on now I always like when they threw it to anybody else but JT And it's just like there the was a down noticeable in, drop off. Yeah, the step down in quality. Even if it was singing the same melody, or it was just something about it. <laughs> like that was the blandly handsome brown haired guy. Yeah. Wait, can you name the all the members of In uh, Sync twenty years later? Uh, maybe I might accidentally throw in a Backstreet Boy. Can't do that. I know, not on purpose. I'm just saying. Let's hear. Casey Shazza. Bland, handsome, brown haired man. Yes. I was going to say Brian LaTrell, but that's a Backstreet Boy. Um, oh, Chris Kirkpatrick. That was, wait, no, that was... Square... Uh, <laughs> square Bad Heart Squarehead. Bad Heart Squarehead, yes. Um, Chris Kirkpatrick? Mm-hmm. Uh, shit. Oh, Lance Bass. Right. Gay right. one. Wasn't at the time, of course. Well, he was, was He was gay at the time as well. And he was we your just wa- didn't know yet. Your wife is a big Backstreet Boy and Sing fan. That was her favorite, right? Lance Bass? Yeah, you can connect a lot of dots there. Okay. And uh, how many am I missing? One or two? I think two more. Howie. No, that's Howie oh, Doro. Oh, I'm out. Howie Doro. Back Damn to it. Boys. Damn it. You got that one. Joey Fatone. Back, wait. Oh, yeah. See, I was thinking he was Backstreet Boy. And it's funny. You got Kirkpatrick. That was the hard one. That was the hard one. Yeah, that was it. I thought Fatone, who, I mean, I'll never forget when Sarah Silverman noticed that the fat guy in NSYNC's name was literally spelled fat one. <laughs> It's like the funniest joke I ever heard at the time. And by the way, this song. This is terrible. This is when you knew it was pretty much over. But it was also a time where they could do anything they wanted and it would go right to number one. Well, and if you remember when this song came out, because I think this is their last album, Celebrity, uh, before JT went solo. Um, it was kind of uh, critically praised for being different and taking chances. But now you listen to it 20 years later, it just sounds like the Dust Brothers on acid. Yeah, basically. terrible. Um, but JT figured it out. He did okay for himself. And then they, every uh, every other one. The poor guy's bland hair, handsome bland hair, or <laughs> handsome brown hair. Chazé? Girls liked Chazé at the time. He was the only one that had a shot, you yeah. would think, other than JT. And his album stiffed, and that was it. No, he had a good voice. He was kind of, you know, blandly handsome. People liked him. And then 
Lance Bass. You had a fantasy baseball team named after Lance Bass. Oh, you? I did. You're Are you right. able to share the team name? I can't Probably remember what not. It was. I don't remember what it was, but you know, comedy was a lot different back then. So I'm sure it was something that I think it was uh, <laughs> equal rights for all, Lance Bass. There you go. That was it. I was you very progressive. It. That's how you start an album. Great start. Bleed American off the album Bleed American, also known as Jimmy Eat World, released as the album's lead single. How about that, Bob? It's Were you cool, aware? I don't know if I was aware that it was the lead. I do remember hearing this around the time uh, that it came out and just liking it and being like, whoa, who are, who are these guys? I think this was their third or fourth album at the time, but they weren't like a big band. I didn't really know much about them, but... This song right off the bat was like, oh, these guys, this is good. This is good shit. Did you know, Bob, this song, and we've talked about it on the show, because we are hitting the 20-year anniversary, of course. Of our podcast? or a- Of our podcast. Okay. And the September 11th attacks. Um, we talked about the 2001 Clear Channel Memorandum. Uh, that had songs that could not be played yes. on radio airwaves. This was one of them uh, because of the title. And when they re-released the album, renaming it Jimmy Eat World instead of Bleed American, as per, I guess, pressures from the record company and the public, they also renamed the song. Really? Salt, Sweat, Sugar, the first line in the song's chorus. Weird time, man. It was a weird time. <laughs> Yeah, this is a great start to the album. This is one of those bands that I've kind of liked everything uh, that I've heard from them, but I never really kind of went deep. Um, and I imagine if I did, and then maybe today counts, uh, that I would be a big Jimmy Eat World fan. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I spent the first like two and a half years of college trying to fill that Weezer hole when they were gone. There's something gross about that. Let me say it again. Try, what ahead. if I say it slower? Go for it. To fill that Weezer hole. <laughs> that was worse. Uh, so I was always like seeking out music, whether it was like the Get Up Kids or Local H or mm-hmm. this. Like when I heard this, I was like, this is great. And I can't remember if the Green Album came out or before or after this. It was right around the same time. But I always kind of was, I've always liked this kind of music. So they were a band that right off the bat, I was just, I got to pay attention to these guys. They're doing it. Did it have anything to do with the acronym of the name Jimmy Eat World? Uh, Yeah, that helped. Made me feel safe knowing that, you know, fellow Jews. Are they? Are they a Jewish band? I have no idea. Probably not. 
I'll have to do. Who's the lead singer of Jimmy World? Jimmy. The world leader. I have no idea. Jimmy Butler. The answer is Jimmy Butler. Whoa. We pulled that one out of. I uh, did. Pull that one out of your hat. How did I know that? I don't know. Uh, no, his name is um, Jim Atkins. He's not an NBA player. Jim Atkins. Okay. All right. Let's uh, move to track two. Off to a great start, Bob. Uh, this next track, um, our good friend Brian Zimmerman introduced to me on one of our uh, mixes at some point over the years. And uh, now, to me, it stands as one of the great songs of the 2000s. Just a, a perfect, up-tempo, catchy as hell, hooks for days. The fourth and final single off the album, Appraise Chorus. And do you know what the Appraise Chorus is about? No, tell me. I will in one moment, but share something. Anything. Uh, anything at all. <laughs> oh, wow. The band's from Mesa, uh, Arizona, by the way, Bob. Never knew that. Yeah. Arizona band. Like the Jim Blossoms. And the format, which later evolved into fun. Huh. Or at least one of the dudes, at least. Uh, so Arizona, not the worst state in terms of music, I guess. I don't know. The Eagles? No, they were California. Fuck those guys. Okay. We should do an Eagles album, just to see what, what's going on with those guys. I don't, I've never listened to an Eagles album. <laughs> All right, here's the part I want you to uh, listen to closely, okay? okay? Because these are all... First lines of choruses they love. Tommy Janes and the Shondells, Crimson and Blue. Now listen to the vocals underneath. There'll be all other first lines of choruses they love. Madness. The Promise yeah. Ring. Yeah, yeah. Bad company. They might be giants. Motley Crew. Wow. <laughs> the promise ring was in there too. Oh shit, I love this song even more now. Yeah, how That's cool so cool. Reminds me there's uh there's this band I like called Hawkerville River. 
Yes. They have a song called Plus Ones where they add one to a bunch of other songs. So the first line is like, no, no one wants to hear about your 97th tier. Because, mm. you know, the song 96 tiers. Uh, talks about like nine Chinese brothers or eight Chinese brothers. Uh, I love that song. I think it's so smart. Yes. And now I'm putting this in the same category. I like when like artists show that they just love music, like their own listeners. As much as I hate, I still, even though it's been a part of our life for 18 years now, at least, I still hate when artists uh, refer to like cell phones and things in music, but I like when they refer to other songs. I'm still not okay with like songs about cell phones. Interesting. Yeah. Like, do you have any examples? Any song that is referencing like, Modern technology. I'm usually what about the into. Britney Spears song "Email My Heart." That's the only. That's the last good one. <laughs> After Britney, why she even bother? She nailed it. She nailed it. Everyone else, stay away stay from. Stay away. Cell phone refs, please. That, that's an interesting take, Bob. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a single song that has a. I mean, I'm sure there's a hundred. Yeah, I think you don't even think about it when you hear it, but I'm immediately like. You're turned off. Yeah. It's like, you know, what do you need to do? Sing about MySpace next? Come on. You never know. <laughs> what if these things all go away? Then you just have a dated, you know, it's like Star 69. Come on. I recently watched, uh, there is a danger to phone technology. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently watched The Departed, the Scorsese movie that he finally got best picture for, even though it's like his ninth best movie. Yep. And the entire movie hinges on 2006 cell phones. Like the last generation of cell phones before the iPhone came. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it it really suffers. The film actually suffers. There's a scene where Matt Damon, it's kind of like a badass scene, but then when you're watching it years later, it's like you're kind of cringing. Matt Damon, who's, uh, spoiler alert, um, embedded with the Boston police, but is actually working for the mob, for Jack Nicholson, um, he opens up his flip phone in his pocket yep. uh, during a drug deal when he knows something's up and he he dials a text message to Jack Nicholson without looking, which is cool in 2006. And now it's just like, oh, he had a flip phone and he had to hit Everett to get to a letter. He'd have to cycle through. Oh, does he do like tick, 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 three, 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 I used to love to. I was faster texting that way than I am texting today. That was I was so good at that. Tick, tick, tick. It would take 10 minutes to send like two sentences. But we did it, and um, we lived to tell the tale. All right, up next. Okay, so, so Praise Chorus to me, just to put a bow on it, uh, is a functionally perfect song. Uh, not something I would put on my Celebration of Life playlist, because I don't know if it fits in there. A little too big of a celebration. Right. But if I want to put on, like, if someone's like, give me the, give me a song that I don't know that I'll instantly be completely obsessed with, a Praise Chorus is an example of that. That is something that was a little under the radar, um, but could have easily been a number one hit if uh, it came out a different year or a different time. Yep. Anyway, now their real number one hit that actually did come out at that time and changed their lives. Everything you can And don't you worry what they tell themselves 
instantly memorable, instantly takes you back to 2011. This is the first single that came out after 9-11. It came out uh, October 2001 and uh, became a number five hit, Bob, on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 charts. A legitimate top ten hit uh, for Jimmy Eat World. I mean, I'm listening right now and trying to listen with like fresh ears and be like, why is the song perfect? Yeah. And it just is. It's hard to explain. Um, you know, this is one of those unfortunate songs for me that I could recognize the greatness of it, but I just heard it too many times. Right, that makes sense. It was so uh, omnipresent back then. I love this guitar solo coming up. That's great. You know what? Rock music needs more singers that go, woo, into an awesome guitar solo. <laughs> like, it's always, it always works. Like how we talk about how great harmonica solo yeah always makes the song better a little woo just a little woo and yep. then into it but anyway i think i heard it too many times but i think enough time has passed now where i'm appreciating it again which is nice yeah i just have a good memory of when i was doing my college tv show putting this song as one of the outtake uh songs for like the end credits because it just had that like fun energy and it was like this montage of us just you know fucking around and having fun so i just have like because when you would make a show like that in college, you would watch it a million times and show everybody you knew, like, hey, look what I did. I made a funny TV show. <laughs> so I feel like I've watched this so many times and it just immediately, it, I just associate it with like that fun, happy memory that still, I, I don't care that I've heard this song a million times. I could still enjoy it. Uh, the video, do you remember the video? Not really. Oh, it was the house party, right? It's a bunch of 30 year old guys playing a party with a, a, a high school party, yeah, a bunch yeah. of 15 year olds, everyone in their underwear. A little That's weird, right. in retrospect. <laughs> I don't know. But it was post 9-11, so you weren't paying attention to that kind of thing. That's true. You had bigger bigger fish to fry. This is always fun with certain songs that become pop culture uh, touchstones. Where did it show up in media? The track is featured in the video games Rock Band 2, of course. Guitar Hero on tour, colon, decades, and Guitar Hero World Tour. Now, we were always team rock bands. You know what? We were. But you know what I was could do during this... uh, upcoming hiatus i feel like your job Mm -hmm. go through all of the wikipedia pages you can find and remove rock band references at this point (laughs) because we don't need them anymore i know you know it's just well we talked about it with the screenplays where it showed up in every screenplay and like in the metallic episode right uh, yeah um when when these references were put into these wiki pages it seemed relevant relevant. right (laughs) now it's time somebody needs to go do this uh the song is featured in a season four episode of the blacklist Singer Taylor Swift lip-synced the song in an Apple Music commercial that debuted in 2016. I kind of remember that. Mm. The song was used in the TV show The Middles pilot episode, and the song was featured in the movie Zoom and in the trailer for, wait for it. Corky Romano? Almost. The new guy. I saw that in theaters. That was the the skinny... Yeah, DJ Quells. 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 Quell season. That's what they called it. <laughs> Quells riding his hot streak from a stealing road trip. Now, I don't want to be, and he did. He did great. He was that. really funny in that. I don't want to. Everybody was. Keep going. So he's cutting. Uh, well, there's one guy that wasn't funny in road trip. How dare you? It's your body double. <laughs> or your dream scenario, who you were. Who I could have been. Who you could have been if everything went the right way. Yeah, um, the guy was funny and cool. The curly haired fellow. Loved him. Um, who's philosophical and everybody's like, go the fuck to hell. <laughs> Only you. <laughs> Something about that guy rubbed me the wrong way. Wait a minute. It's personal. Um, anyway, uh, quails don't want to be cruel or cutting. And certainly Bob, uh, you and I, uh, where, where we are right now physically is fine, but, uh, never at any point where we 
Stamos-esque. So there's the uh, yep. the setup. Do you think DJ Quails was able to ride in his state, was able to ride that success he found in the early 2000s into some bone tang? Do you think he did well in Hollywood? Oh, definitely. Because his character in Road Trip, you know, had sex with the big black girl. Right. You know, he was kind of like in like. But you're, now you're talking about the movie plot. Bob. No, I am. But at the same time, I feel like he would probably go out and kind of play that up where it's like, what up, girl? Like that kind of thing. You think like he, he would, was he wow. wasn't an asexual character. I feel like since his character was having sex on screen, even though it was for comedic effect, right. I feel like he could play that in the right scenario and girls would be like, oh, OK. But are you saying you're saying how you would play it basically no, if no. you looked like DJ Qualls? I mean, what would he, he might not be aware that he needs to kind of take those type of angles. I, I mean, you don't think he's self-aware? I don't he has know. To live, we don't know. He has to be inside the DJ Quell's body ha- every day. I'm sure he figured it out. Did he? Okay. Did he have more than five sexual partners between 2000 and 2004? Yes. That's all I needed. For sure. Here's your house. If you And yes, you can pause right now to Google DJ Qualls and go to the image tab. Yes, please, please do. Then out of nowhere. When do you, I don't know if I asked you this question before. When do you think you were your hottest? We've talked about versions of this in our 300 Like what age? If you had to pick one age, your your best looking self. Hopefully 47. No. No, I don't get to look ahead? No? You could be, you could look good for your age, but... you think you have, all right? Well, actually, no. Let me I'll humor you. You think there's the best looking version of yourself is still to come? I'm, I mean, I'm really hoping for that. I've really been betting on. But you know, the odds are against anyone. No, I'm going to Clooney at some point. Okay. You know, at some point, it's just like. Do you oh. want the correct answer? Oh, you know, I mean, you would know better than anybody. Yeah. When was I my hottest? 26. Really? Yeah. You liked. The big curly hair, the big Jufro. Sure. All right. You were 26. Everybody was at their hottest at 26. (laughs) (laughs) I like this as a nice little palate cleanser after that one-two punch of a praise course in the middle. Nice little acoustic jangle here. I'm into it. Following their surefire masterpiece makes sense. They had to know when they recorded that, uh, the middle that they had, they were sitting on an atomic bomb. Yes. And it's one of those great stories where they they were dropped by their label the year before, and they had to hustle just to raise money to record the album, and then to score a number five hit and oh, have a multi million selling album. What a what a fuck you as to somebody the, to who the is, man as somebody who is driven by vengeance. That is the kind of story that makes me love this band even more. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's great. Good for them. When I let you closer, I only want you closer. You rip my heart right out. Rip my heart right out. That's nice. This would be a good um, mix song. I don't know why I feel the need to slander Blink-182 right now, but I like. I already like this more than anything I've ever heard from Blink-182. Yeah, I don't know. Why do you have to do that? I don't know. Because this is this, probably this, a better band than this, Blink, but I know, not but this, more popular. This, reminds, I me of a, this reminds me of a song that you would hear on a Blink-182 album, 
Only this one's better. Well, you don't have the guy going, I need you now. <laughs> That's probably why. That's need probably, you now. That's ultimately why, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like some Blink songs. I know you do, and we didn't. We did a Blink album. No, we didn't. We did. Fuck you. We did not do a Blink. We did an I, entire... I'll bet you $100 we did not do a Blink-182 album. Whose $100 are you going to hand me? Because we did. Which one? Uh, the one with uh, the porn star on the cover. Enema. We did Enema of the State. Yes. You're a fucking liar. I'm not a fucking liar. We did that. You are a son of a bitch <laughs> for even trying to fuck with me in the middle of a podcast. I swear. I, I swear. We did it. All right. Speaking of palate cleanser, I need one after that. I want to do that last Blink album. Is that got we did it. Great, like slow songs. Yeah, did that one too. <laughs> we We've done all of them. The we have a side <laughs> podcast where only we only do Blink One Eighty Two albums. Do we do Angels and Airwaves <laughs> albums too? We, we do all the Barker side projects. <laughs> do we do like we have a, a a separate gossip podcast where we just talk about that Travis Barker flies on his plane now to be with that Kardashian broad? Yep. Yeah, we do that. It's a pretty good podcast. It's a little hyper specific, even by our standards. <laughs> if you're listening, whoa, it back and I know we've talked about this song somewhat recently, I believe, too. Yes, that does that does ring a bell. This is a uh, to me. This is a "How Dare You" song, a song where when it comes on, when it came out, my my immediately my immediate instinct was, "How dare you!" Like I thought you were just like the middle band. How mm. dare you have another really good fucking song? Like what what am I dealing with here? You know, the first single, it was like, oh, that's the thing that I heard on Modern Rock offended. Radio. I was a little offended. Like, oh, I have to pay attention to you as a band now? This is... You might be better than Blink-182. <laughs> what What are you? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, this was like, holy shit, they're doing it again right off, like, immediately. Um, what is it uh, heresy for me to tell you, Bob, that I think this is the best Jimmy Eat World song? I don't think it's heresy. It's I mean, really good. Look at this. Now here comes the piano. Listen to this fucking thing. I can play this. Ding 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 ding. Love the production here. Mark Hoppus and the other dude can only dream. Oh, so that even song. that even put Dirty Pop to shame right there. That well, was great. It's funny you should say that because this is timeless. This is a great rock song that I don't care when it came out or when it would come out. It would always sound fresh and um, and pop. That song is came out the same time, was very of its time, and yeah. now sounds cringy. 
Am I trying to say, is it the long way of the 41-year-old dad saying, this is real music? It was. This is. But I like that we're at like full-on dad age saying that about Jimmy E. World. Like, that's kind of cool. Um, I'm just going to tell you right now, um, and you could factor this in because I want you to decide what goes on the Throwback Podcast playlist, that this is on my top 10 songs of the 2000s. Okay. It's on the list. I, I don't know where, that. maybe around number seven, number five to seven, that range. I get that. I will say, I mean, we're not going to get into it yet, but I will say one of the early rules when we were picking out how we we're going to do this playlist was it can't be the obvious one. And I feel like if, but you, it's not. if you look at the top five songs on Spotify, I wouldn't be surprised if that one has more plays than the middle. No way, Bob. I wouldn't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Fuck you for even I'm just saying that, would not be surprised. Oh, fuck you, get off. Lot surprises Blink me. Blink 182 shit. Wouldn't this. surprise me. Is it? Is it going to be playing in your box for what eternity? Is, uh, it's not in the box, no. But it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It's like, oh, is there like a, a cell phone reference to this song? There might be. Yeah. It probably is. How do I see the, that? how many times the song's been played? I, I think it says it like right next to the name of the song, you fucking idiot. I bet... I would give you, I'll give you another $100, Bob. Actually, let me win my $100 Already back up if you're not lying about Blink. Um, that, <laughs> the yeah, that uh, the middle is their most played song on Spotify. Okay. By a substantial amount. Okay, I'll, I'll take a look. By at least 10, well, how many of you, I don't know, who knows, uh, by at least a million uh, listens. How about that? Doubling down, bitch. Oh, yeah, it's by a mile. You're yes. fine. You're fine. You're very We're even. Even you Steven, are, baby. You are very safe. You're back to zero. Wow. Okay. I'm oh, way, what is it? I am way off on this. Um, sweetness, 107, almost 108 million listens. Top 10 hit? The middle, 461 million plus. Nearly what? half a billion. It is Holy shit. way, way further <laughs> along. That's pretty awesome. Um, it goes to show you, even 20, 20 years ago, it was relatively rare for a rock song to go into that territory. Rarified Air, the top yeah. five of the Billboard pop charts. Yeah. Uh, so if you're doing that, you're good, that's going to be... That's going to be remembered forever and get played like... By the way, then just, just for shits and giggles... The middle acoustic version off of a reissue CD has 13 million wow. listens as well. So they're doing okay with that song. Pretty good. That song's pretty good. I feel like that helped their career on balance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, this is, a, by the way, perfectly built out, Bob. 11 tracks. Love 11 tracks. Oh, you love 11. That's my 11 or 12, and you, you know what you're doing. This is Hear You Me. Sounds like we're back into gentle acoustic territory with Jim Atkins. There's no one in town I know You gave us some place to go I never said thank you for that I thought I might get one more chance What would you think of me now? So lucky, so strong, so proud I never said thank you for that Now I never have a chance May angels lead you in Hear you meet my friends On sleepless roads the sleepless go 
one for the ladies, Bob. Don't put up your cell phone. Put up your lighter. Are you okay with cell phones going up at a concert? No, I hate that. If you and your burn the whole place down, you gotta have lighters or candles, like Woodstock '99. Style. Lighter fluid. Um, all right, just gonna doing some quick math here. If you and your future wife or wife were born between 1978 and 1988, 78 and, and 88, and have a combined, and have over. Nine tattoos combined. Mm-hmm. You slow dance to this song at your wedding. It depends what type of tattoos. I guess it depends on the tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, I would think just by hearing this for the first time, this had to be a very popular first dance. Yes. Yeah, for like people who were like too cool, not too cool in a bad way, just like people that were legitimately cool. This would be like a great first dance song. Good call. Yeah. You know, in our Metallica episode, we never figured out what chuds make love to. Chuds uh, don't make love. They I, but, fuck. I mean, I still argue that occasionally they slip into lovemaking, but uh, I would say like, you know, for uh, for a certain genre of uh, late 2000s, early 2000s uh, kind of skaters yeah this is their love making song the way that we were like listening to glycerine in 1994 being right. like someday i'll make love to this <laughs> they were listening to this being like this is going to be the song that i lose my v card to i could see that um <laughs> i do have the answer though honestly the metallic answer what i spoke to that guy on the baseball team and that's a very nice song that is good job spoke to the guy on uh Baseball team who had the James Hetfield picture in his locker. Mm-hmm. Which, come on, man! What? Come on, man! <laughs> what are we doing that? What's for? happening here? <laughs> so he said, "What you get close to your target, and um, you pull her close. Yeah, and then uh, once you get inside, oh wow! <laughs> so you're the Sandman, right? Got it. And just in case they don't put it together, you say." Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman. Okay. That's one way to do it. And he also has on his uh, CD players, it's it's queued up. <laughs> At all times? Yeah. Well, you want to give it a try? No. You're, you're saddling up to all your right. lady. Yeah. You're getting closer. Hey, hey what's up? Okay. So you're, you're pulling her closer to you. Yep. Yep. You're I just doing feel, what you need to do. I feel so close to you right now. Just, just finally we're together. I've been, been dreaming about this moment for a long time. Okay. Go ahead. All right, let me just push play on this disc man over here. Wait, what? Yeah, here, take some headphones. Wait, what? <laughs> it's a disc man, and I'm giving her headphones. <laughs> so only she could hear it. <laughs> and then you have to connect the dots. Yep. You're like, oh, am I the Sandman? Enter Sandman. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> well, people wanted to know. We were inundated with fan mail. <laughs> what like, do chuds make love to? What do the chuds make love to? It's maybe on the nose, but they don't care about that. That's true. There's no subtlety if you're a chud. That chud life. All right, so let's get back to Jimmy Eat World. This is If You Don't, comma, What's don't. wrong, baby? Don't they treat you like they should? Did you take them for For every penny that you could. Walked out on the beach and once I almost touched 
funny. I I feel like, um, and I'm not. This isn't a complaint, but I feel like Jimmy. We're a little more in their feelings than I was expecting on this album. I mean, I think they, I think they self-identify as emo, or they right. were maybe not self-identifying it, but they were they were lumped into emo. They certainly because the the singles are very upbeat. Yeah, but this is now I believe maybe the third Bleed American is kind of more in line with the singles, uh, track one. Uh, but I feel like the other tracks have all been either mid-tempo or borderline kind of emo-esque ballads. Yeah. So my, the album that and the artist I fell in love with in 2001 was Pete Yorn. Yeah. And it just goes to show in music for the morning after, which we did do. I know we did that on the show. Um, still one of my favorite albums ever. I really wish I would have discovered this album because what a great kind of tandem as a one-two punch. Because uh, they're kind of in similar worlds. They're, Pete Yorn is not emo or in any way, but kind of like the uh, territory they're occupying here in 2001, 2002. Uh, they're parked in the same garage. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're writing perfect songs for 21-year-old dudes who are thinking about their college girlfriends or, you know, up in their feelings. Like, Pete Yorn had so many but great... But this is just like the Pete Yorn album. This is also for the ladies. I feel like this yeah, album yeah. can really straddle That's true. Uh, both sides of the aisle, yes. as it were. You only need one of these, too, by the way. And it's hard to do it, but if you can just have that one universally beloved album yeah you're set you for the rest of your career as Pete Yorn has proven you could put out the second album that people don't like as much but has a couple of good songs on it and then you could just carve out you know workman like career the rest of the way as long as you have that one big album like David Gray for instance I yeah. just late I was up late one night and I stumbled upon he has a tour lined up next year another 2001 artist where he's playing um, the Greek in L.A., which is a really nice venue. Yeah. And you're like, what is David Gray doing there? I mean, who's even heard of David Gray in that long? Oh, he's doing the 20th anniversary tour of White Ladder. Babylon. That's it. Got to do it. Yeah, if you have a White Ladder, yeah. if you have a Bleed American, if you have a music for the morning after, you can have a nice little life as a musician. All right, here's my question. I don't think you've said how many albums this has sold, this album. Right. Um, but do you think maybe I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask, I'm just going to pose the question. Okay. If they had a better name than Jimmy Eat World. Okay. And, uh, didn't have an unfortunate a- album title in 2001, like bleed American. Okay. Could it have been even bigger? I don't think so. Just because Hootie and the Blowfish sold 16 million mm-hmm. albums mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not like the album title is unfortunate as it was timing wise um, with 9/11. It's not as if like you ever met anybody that was like, oh, I would have gotten that album, but yeah, you know, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't think it's like stopped anybody from uh, and I uh, maybe would it get less airplay, but no, because they went along, they played ball, right and changed the title of the album and everything. I'm gonna say no. okay. I, I think it exists as it should have and as it did. What do you think? I mean, I stayed far away from it because these colors don't run. <laughs> so I don't know. So you see uh, people in 2001 who bought 
bleed American is almost like in support of the jihad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they were the enemy. Interesting. For sure. Take me inside your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything uh, in we were college seniors during that time? Uh did you have anything um, patriotic in your apartment or like kind of supporting the red, white and blue? Uh, I don't, I don't think we did. Did you have like a flag or something? I had a flag. I had my grandfather's like old ass flag. Uh, and I just put it on the wall. It was like, it was beat up as hell. Yeah. It was like the flag that Bruce Springsteen was standing in front of in the born in the USA album uh-huh. cover. And I thought that was just like the coolest thing that I had it on the wall. No, it was very cool to be patriotic. In a one, in a way that I don't think could ever happen ever again. No, it's over now. I I say that, but then like who knows? Like something terrible could happen. But no, because the whole I think too much has happened now. The whole concept has been co-opted, where right. it becomes like a bigger thing than that now. So I don't think we could ever do that again. No, we'll never unite against an attack on our country again, or in general. But I guess if if you can't if you can't unite around something like that. It's never going to happen, but like... Wait, how many how many songs in are we right now? We are... This is track nine. So is it time to start, you know, talking 9-11 stories? Because as we're having this conversation... Let's dig in. As we're having this conversation right now, I will say... Yes. my One of my favorite post-9-11 memories was my girlfriend at the time went to GW University in Washington, D.C. And uh, a few weeks after 9-11, went down to visit... And we went to a bar in Adams Morgan, which was like a college uh, area to go out. And just like this doesn't end with you porking your 21 year old girlfriend. I am going to be very unhappy. I remember being in this bar pork and there was like a live band. It was like it was like a soul kind of band and they were just doing, you know, covers and whatever. And all of a sudden broke into like a God bless America type song (laughs) and the entire bar was fucking in and it was like emotional i remember like getting emotional because it was like yeah and everybody loved it and it was like here we are we're all together we're all together we did it that was like my biggest post 9-11 we're all in this together moment so i didn't have a flag in my dorm but i did have that moment we you know this is this is a uh a thorny uh story to bring up because i know there are when we look at the board uh, we we've off, often pondered did Bono do that shit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's suspect. He's, he's the prime suspect, right. obviously. Uh, he stood a lot to gain from that. Yep. But uh, my my story was at the Dunkin' Donuts Arena in Providence. Bono pulled up two. I don't know if they were sisters or best friends or whatever, but two very pretty blonde girls during mysterious ways, and they were wearing matching form fitting. White shirts, long sleeves. I remember exactly the outfit with an American flag across the chest. Mm-hmm. And Bono was dancing with the two of them. And then the entire arena, like 18,000 people, just broke into the loudest USA chant. <laughs> and like Adam Clayton was on the bass, just like doing the mysterious ways bass line. And like Bono was just like, you know, holding his jack fucking jacket open with the American flag. And like the whole yeah. place was like going off. That just could not happen anymore. No. No, and clearly, and I don't want to. I don't want to find out because that will mean something shitty happened. Right, but I, you know what, Bob? Right. I don't want to. I don't want to say it. I don't want to put it I know, out. In the I world. already know where you're at. I well, something know. bad's going to happen eventually. Right, of course. That's just the way things are. Right, Pearl Harbor, sure, nine eleven. Uh-huh. If we if we live long enough, something terrible is going to happen. I guess we'll find out. I guess so. Or you'll be, you know, you'll just be in a box and you'll be hearing about it above the ground. You're like, what's going on up there? <laughs> Come on, guys, guys, get along. <laughs> All right, this is Get It Faster.
On this day, we're all Americans. <laughs> What's going on down there? It's so weird. Is something? I like this. You know what? I know this might not be anybody's favorite song on the album, but I like a little like a little roughness and a little rawness in the mix here. Well, especially as you said, they've been up in their feelings, so it's nice to have them just kind of get more like bleed American style. You know, he's a little pissed in this song. It's good. Good. He pissed. We kind of needed that. Jimmy Atkins. Ever do the Atkins diet? Yeah. Wait, that was just the no carbs thing, right? That was, yeah. You that could was big eat, and, big like, and, steak every day. Big and O one. Bacon. That was like a big and O one thing. <laughs> and then, so you would do that, and um, you would put yourself at risk for many other ailments. Yeah, yeah. But you would hypothetically lose weight. And then if you had one, like, spaghetti dish, you'd gain 37 pounds overnight. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. And you had one roll with dinner. It was just like your body was like, fuck you. <laughs> there is no How shortcut. How dare you try to get around this? <laughs> Where do you get off? Now, they never, as a as a Italian Jewish guy who likes pizza and bagels, it was you know it was the hardest thing in the world to try to do anything like Atkins. I mean. Right, and yeah, as an Irish Catholic guy who grew up in a town where the Irish people were smart enough to know that Irish food is bad and Italian food is good. Yeah, that's all I had. And, also. Ev- and eventually, like even in your twenties, if you're like living on your own and you're working like an entry level job, you don't make any money, so you really can only afford to eat. Things like pizza and bagels and falafels and things that cost like $4 for like a meal. So there was plenty of that too. So it was impossible to be like, I'm only going to eat steak and eggs. It's like, no way. Fuck you. Fuck you. I need to to eat a pretzel for dinner. The other deeply unfortunate thing is, this is going to be my Travolta and Pulp Fiction. Pizza? Good. Bagels? Good. Yeah. So good. So good. (laughs) Here's Cautioners. That was our cautionary tale. (laughs) You can't avoid fatness. (laughs) You'll change your mind come Monday and turn your back on me. You take your steps away. This song's a good example to me that when you're talking about releasing an album, they don't all have to be singles. Of course. It's a nice uh, late album, uh, non-album, or non-single track, you know. This mm-hmm. is nice. You know what else they kind of remind me of as we listen to the full album? A band that never really got a lot of credit around. I mean, got like had their moment, but never had like a ton of discussion about them as being like a great band is Not A Surf. Mm. This kind of reminds me of like a not a surf song mm-hmm. around the time. I could uh, definitely hear that. 
What happened to those guys? They were cool. I don't know. But yeah. that song, Always Love, is also in my top 10 songs of the 2000s. So good. And does anybody even know that song? No. Nobody talks about them. I like that little keyboard or synthesizer in the background. That's you just like it because you think you could play it, but it's harder than you think. No, I can only play the piano and the sweetness. <laughs> That's it. All right, here we go. The Authority song up next, Bob. I fight authority. That one? The little John Mellencamp? I was going to say, it's... That's a Mellencamp song. <laughs> Speaking of somebody who don't get no respect, I mean, John Cougar Mellencamp. Johnny Cougar. <laughs> Wait, is this just a straight cover? Oh, thank God it's not. It's about oh, the John Mellencamp song. It. Yeah. This had to be on the road trip soundtrack, right? It sounds like it definitely is, before or after the eels. Yes, this is such a of its time, not dated, but like what a alternative like poppy song sounded like back then. Yes, I've been motivated now to make a playlist of songs about other songs. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Get back to us on that one. There's that gaslight anthem song that talks about Anna begins. This is gonna be a fun one. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna roll up my sleeves and get into this. That's good. I like when you roll up your sleeves with your little playlists, yeah. disappear into a world. It's fun. And your wife is pounding on the door. She's, She's like, like, "You, you need work to, to do. Do something. Do something. Fucking do something." I like, <laughs> I like it whenever you do a scene with me and my wife. It's always I'm not helping with the kids. <laughs> it's always her being angry. That's just the fun setup, you know. <laughs> like you're in your little world, like yeah. learning guitar, learning your bass, yeah, or yeah. learning your keyboard strokes. Writing a screenplay about time traveling murderous teenagers. <laughs> time traveling serial killers, Bob. <laughs> That's it. Isn't that what Time Cop was about? Ooh, uh-oh, IP infringement. Here's a 30 song by Mellencamp. It's a fucking great song. <laughs> Off his album, Uh-huh. U-H hyphen, all caps, H-U-H slammer. Wait, I, I don't remember. Where do we follow Mellencamp? Let me hear this from I can tell you where I fall on him. Um, the Columbia House... When I got my 12 CDs, I got the greatest hits uh-huh. of Mellencamp. Yeah. So I was in a big Americana rock catch-up phase. <laughs> um, and it was a great album. Uh-huh. Had a, uh, his greatest hits. And always, I always enjoyed the name of it. Um, it was called The Best I Could Do. Oh, that's pretty good. So middle America heartland. You know, like, so, much, so much better than volume one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, or the one, the one I always liked was, uh, greatest hits so far. Yeah. And the artist never had greatest hits after that. No. But there was something really folksy about that. It was, listen, I don't know if this was great or not, but I know it did well on the charts and it was the best I could hey, do. Best I could do. But I like Melkin. I think he's a dick. Is he? I think so. I don't know. But I think also maybe he saved his town or something. He did something <laughs> heroic. In the heartland? Oh, he saved farms. He did farm aid. 
Oh yeah, that's right. And that's cool. Yeah. I don't know. There, I just like in my brain, he just gets lumped into the Brian Adams, uh, solo Bon Jovi. It's always hard to like kind of separate those Let guys from each other. Here, they all have the up. same hair. It's always tough to kind of figure out who was who, on, who did what. John Mellencamp plus Trump. Where you think? What do you think this is going to yield? Uh, I I could see him being anti-Trump. Can't you? In like a surprising <laughs> either way, way. I really could Let's go either see. way. Let's see. Um... He's no like Richard Marx, I'm sure, but maybe he could be a little anti. Uh, now I'm nervous. Uh, where? where oh, did... okay. John Mellencamp cuts ad for Bloomberg. Uh, he'll take the fight directly to Trump. Okay. John Mellencamp and Neil Young slammed Trump at Farm Aid, which actually was still going on, I guess, in 2018. Amazing. There's your answer. There you go. All right. All right. We could like Mellencamp. Just checking in. Johnny Cougar. Um, all right, let's finish out this album. We but, have, but, uh, yes. real, real quick, I just want to say that in no way are we anti-Trump or Trump supporters. I know your other podcast gets negative comments on iTunes because <laughs> of your uh, your stances, your political stances. I just don't want that infiltrating our uh, throwback iTunes reviews. It's interesting because we obviously there's a big uh, cross-section of ATN fans that are a fan of this podcast, but I don't think any of the, and it could be wrong. And if you're a listener that is conservative and supported Trump, Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm a little surprised you're here, but Hey, <laughs> uh, I think the p- same type of listener of ATN that would be into our musical tastes, right? More aligns with the left. That you would, would be think. my theory. Think, right? um, but if we get flooded with angry uh, comments about John Mellencamp in the next 24 to 48 hours, over on uh, iTunes, I guess we'll know. We average about we wrong. average about one comment a month, so I don't. I'm not really anticipating that, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, but they come out of the woodwork. Good. Let's get them out. They really do. Fuck you guys. Are you a Trump supporter that listens to our <laughs> podcast? Please hit us up in the comments. One section. star in the comments section, and get vaccinated. You fucking motherfucker. <laughs> Where are we? Is this it? Is this it? like? But I need to see more of the science. (laughs) What? What? It's FDA approved. (laughs) What do you need? idiot. Come on, dude. Actually, we do not align one way or the other on vaccinations either. What? We just need to... Oh, yeah, yeah. As many listeners as possible. Yeah, it's true. That's what matters. We don't want to offend anybody. Here is the final track off Bleed American, My Sunday. You should get vaccinated. Please. I could be so much more. A little PSA there. I still like thinking that there's one person who was holding out until this podcast. All right, Bob, you know how I like it. Last yeah. track. Slow it down. Looking backward on the world that you just painted. This reminds me a little dashboard confessional. That's your comparison point yeah, for Jimmy no, they, World. They like, sound like a bunch they're a better of, version of these bands I don't really like. Exactly. Yeah, they're doing it better. I like it. You know what I always liked about Jimmy Atkins' diet also? What's that? He just seemed like a guy that would be in our friend group. Yeah, just like a dude. A regular dude. Yeah. Could have went to Pearl River High. You know? Maybe that's why I guess I'm I'm still kind of stuck on why they haven't been bigger longer. 
and I guess, I mean, maybe it just comes down to they didn't have as many big songs left in the tank. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like maybe it's marketing or, you know, mm-hmm. him. Like, could he, could he have been a well, little more of a personality? How about a few more sweetnesses? Yeah. But maybe there's some a couple of those songs hiding on these albums, but he's, you know, just kind of like a normal dude that's not out there, you know, being it's, interesting. It's like in the... Um, Familiar, familiar to Millions live album by Oasis when in the middle of the concert in front of 90,000 people at Wembley Stadium during Supersonic, uh, the instrumental in build-up, Liam turns to Noel and says, Hey, Noel, how about we write a couple more of these babies? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when they were touring behind the uh, uninspiring standing of the shoulder of Giants. Yeah. Um, you know, no, maybe they do have like great songs that... Let's see, like what... Do you remember, like, do you have a song that came out after? I like this song, Pain. This was a good one, about Futures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know, gonna smile and not get worried. I try, but it shows. Anyone can make what I have built. Better now. Anyone can find the same rock pills. It takes my pain away. It's a lie. I always like that one. Yes, cool song. I think on one of your, our year-end episodes, I played a Jimmy Eat World song. Like, they're still putting out good music. I'm trying to think, what was the first single off the follow-up album? Uh, what would be the, what was their next album after? It's called Futures. It came out in 2004. Uh, might have been Pain. Yeah, according to pain. Spotify, Pain has the most uh, listens with uh, the song 23 coming in second. 23 is the most after that? Oh, it's also on Futures. Oh. Here's 23. My favorite number. Yours too? Yeah, 23 of course. Don, Donnie Baseball. Donnie always. Baseball. Yeah. Oh, right. You were jealous that I was born on April 23rd. Yeah, it's fucked up. Right. And you were born on like the day of the Capitol riots? Day after. <laughs> My mom was, uh, her birthday is January 6th. Oh, man. Again, again, we're not pro or against the Capitol riots. Hey, you have your beliefs and your causes. You want to storm a government building peacefully to, like, take a tour on, you know, any day. Just go do it. I don't know storm peacefully. I don't know if that. No, no, it was a peaceful storm. I don't recognize the song. (laughs) I don't recognize the song after that. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to it. We got to thank our Patreon. He's over at patreon.com slash throwback pod mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for, for bringing us here. Oh yeah. Everyone from Bruno, Pop. Bruno, the sponsor up there in Canada. Wait, did we hear from, did, did we put some type of challenge yes. out to Bruno? So Bruno reemerged. He did. But not the, to, so the bus that he's staying on in the middle of the woods got a cell signal. Can I tell you what brought Bruno out of hiding? It wasn't to let us know he was okay. It was a different Patreon poll where uh, we put up some of the biggest selling albums of all time, including, um, you know, ACDC Back in Black and uh, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Uh, he emerged to to vote for Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell. Oh, well, we don't even need to look at any other voters. The I mean, guy in the woods? Yeah. Bruno? Yeah. We got to do Meatloaf. He wants us to do Meatloaf. So Bruno's okay, but only if we do Meatloaf's Bat the, Out of Hell. The rule with um, whenever Bruno emerges from the woods... <laughs> Uh, is whatever his vote is, it counts, it counts for more. whatever the number that the other album won by, it's yeah. one more than that. Yeah, I mean, it's Bruno. It's the Bruno Clause. So we're doing Bad Out of the Hell 2? No. Is it uh, the one with 
I'll do anything for love. No, it's Paradise by the Dashboard. Oh, Lights. that one. Yeah, mm. that one. All right. Well, if that's what Bruno wants, it, I mean, you got to do it. Obviously, you got to do what Bruno wants. Fucking love Bruno. <laughs> also love Courtney and Wyatt and Mancy and Kleine. Oh, yeah. Thank you to all the top tier sponsors finest. for keeping this thing going over at patreon.com slash throwback pod. And when we come back, we'll be promoting that again because some people like say that uh, just to say it and be like, if it weren't for you guys, we would not be doing this. But they don't really mean it. They would probably still be doing it. In the case of this podcast, it is absolutely true oh, that yeah. the funding of the Patronis is the reason this exists. My wife would shoot down me disappearing for an entire... <laughs> it's a, it's now like a full day when I go. Bob, come help with the kids, goddammit! Because <laughs> now like, I'm coming straight from work, so I'm just gone for the entire Ooh, day. Tough sitch. I'm gone all day long to do this. So tough the, sitch for Heather. For this just to be me drinking beer in Dan's garage... Uh, mortgage garage it would be uh inexcusable but thank you for letting us do this for so long so um of course we'll be back and so will the patreon.com slash throwback pod yes so like we do at the end of every episode we have to pick a song to put on this playlist what did frank drevin say it's not goodbye it's just i'm never gonna see you again (laughs) (laughs) that's a perfect drevin line all right Sorry, right. Bob. I keep interrupting you, but I have all these things I'm trying to get out before we take our fall break. I know. We haven't. I mean, this is going to be weird. We've been doing this for a long time now. I do feel like the remember the last day of school or really more apt the, the last day before Christmas break. Yeah. Like just the giddiness. That's how I feel right oh, now. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you're excited <laughs> not to see me for a little while. Wait, now we don't see each other? No. Why? Why would we? <laughs> See, this is this is an issue, Bob, because the whole idea initially was let's do the podcast so we can still make sure we're getting together on a yeah. regular basis. If you're telling me now that our relationship is a transaction, it's like no, that's if not we're not I'm making saying. money, we're not going to no, see each other. That's what you're saying. This that's backfired. Not, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying is this a trans- transactional relationship now, Bob? Build a time machine. Go back in time. Listen to what I said. Don't kill anybody. <laughs> Um, no, we're not going to be able to do this. Every time we see each other, we're going to have our fucking kids around. That's what I'm talking about. Remember those guys? Remember those kids? We're just going to be like, but enough. We're just going to be like dads talking as our kids run around and we're like, Hey, what are you doing over there? Yeah. We're not going to be able to hide from the world for a few months, but then we'll be back. But then we will be able to, we will be back. We can promise you that God willing. Yeah. God willing. Um, all right. We got to pick a song. And then I have a special like kind of treat for the listeners. I got to make a wrong right uh, for the podcast. Oh, I'm excited. To close things out. But let's first add the final song before a hiatus. Uh, and Bob, uh, so I, I'm not like pounding the table for it because there are a couple really great choices here. Um, I think Sweetness is one of the great rock songs of the last 20 years. Uh, but I also love a praise chorus. And for that matter, the middle. Um, if you want to go off the grid to prove cred to somebody non-existent, I don't know who that would be. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'll stand in your way, but I would be sad. I go ahead. John Mellencamp's authority song. <laughs> what happened to that guitar riff? We don't I that feel anymore. like the most throwback podcast playlisty song on this entire album is a praise chorus. And uh, okay. that feels like the right move for okay. us as a pod. I it's can so totally... Good. I love what I learned about the song tonight, so I'm excited to listen to it again. Yes. I feel like it fits perfectly. Yeah. So I'm happy with this, if you're happy with this. I'm very happy with it. Good. A Praise Chorus is the latest addition to the Throwback Podcast playlist. 
And please check that out. And again, like Bob said, thank you to everyone uh, for to listening. What if, if we broke this into seasons? And I think you have, Bob. I think I had to because I didn't know how to work on iTunes and it became a big mess. So I think. So what season was this? This is, I think, the end of our fifth season. Our fifth season, Bob. And how many episodes? One hundred and thirty something. Or how other. about that, Bob? I know, crazy. And too too many. Maybe, maybe. But I'm glad that we did. Uh, this album, and we'll be back. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the top uh, top 10 countdown of 2021. Uh, so we'll pop up end of December, maybe early January. We'll figure that out, as long as there's, again, a transactional element No, there doesn't it. have to be a transactional element to it. That makes you sound so terrible as a person. I know, but I am a terrible person. I know. But, you know, we have other uh, Patreon poll winners that we're going to get to, so don't worry, guys. We're, we're going to do it all. Um, no, the, the treat to the uh, listeners is and making a wrong right is um one of my favorite albums that we've ever done on this uh podcast is the bends and uh oh, wow we skipped the bends the song the bends you say we but i feel like it was you on the album bends well you didn't catch it i didn't <laughs> but it was my fault um uh so just uh if you want to share any thoughts bob on this particular song which is track two i mean it's it's <laughs> i remember when high uh, uh high and dry came on and I remember being like, oh, that's weird. We probably even said, like, it's a weird yeah, track, track two. Track two, huh? Yeah. But it wasn't. It was track three. The Benz was track two. Uh, let's listen to Tom. Okay. Imagine skipping this song when you did the album The Benz. <laughs> Don't have to imagine it. I mean, in our defense, we were very distracted with a lot of Kelsey Grammer shit in that episode. <laughs> I don't know if that's a defense, but you're right. My blood Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back. I have nothing Trust to say. That. I have nothing to say about that song. I'm so glad we skipped it. Oh man, let's do this. Should we play it out? Play yeah, it out. let's yeah, just yeah. play it out. All right. Yes, we'll be back. Enjoy the rest of your year. Uh, keep listening to my other podcast. And wait, uh, wait, no, we'll no, see no, you no, then. You don't get to Round the NFL podcast three times a week. Oh, come on. Yeah.